When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. Also, I walked to the studio on my own two feet. Good for you. Yeah, because you and I are staying humble, right, buddy? Yeah, we have the option. Yes, we have the option to uh, ride the bullpen car in here, Uh but uh, but we choose to walk (laughs) Use our own two feet, uh, not like suckers, right? Yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not some big shots. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so uh, you know, the, the bullpen cars—they're kind of a thing of the past. Yes, there was a time, ladies and gentlemen, especially our younger listeners, you may not recall this, but there was a time when professional baseball players would not just walk out to the pitching mound. Well, yeah, we're talking about relief pitchers in particular. Relief pitchers, relief in pitchers, right in the middle of the game. They wouldn't walk out. They wouldn't use their legs like uh, like fools and walk out there. <laughs> they uh, they would they would ride in relative comfort and luxury, right? Yes, relative, relative. It's all relative. Yeah. But they would ride in on these unique, unforgettable vehicles that every team seemed to have for a brief moment in time, and those were bullpen cars. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you know, it's been about uh, oh, I think it's been 19 years now, Ben. Since the uh, the end of the last official Major League Baseball bullpen car, and it wasn't even a car really, it was a it was a motorcycle that was the final one used in Milwaukee, as we'll find out. Right. But we've got this kind of a, a rundown of the history of bullpen cars and the possible resurgence of the bullpen car. Right? Yes. Oh, all right. So just a little bit of context here. Uh, I know we've got some baseball fans in the audience, and I know you guys remember these cars that we're talking about. It's weird. You know, the bullpen, the mound, it's maybe, what, 100 yards between the two? Uh, maybe, maybe. The bullpen maybe. is always, what, in, in, in the outfield? Right. You know, behind the outfield yeah. wall. Uh, it's where the pitchers are warming up, you know, the relief pitchers, the uh, the, the standbys, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're back there warming up with the catchers, and um, there's, a, there's a need oftentimes in the middle of the game, as we'll talk about, for the, the relief pitchers to come in and take the place of the, uh, the starting rotation pitcher. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that they would get there, 
were these little uh, electric golf carts in some cases. Sometimes it was a car. Right. Sometimes it was a motorcycle. Yeah. Sometimes it was, uh, I don't know, a fire truck. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of different things that were used as bullpen cars over the time, over time. And my favorite was when the mascot drove. <laughs> yeah. That, and that <laughs> happened often, right? Yeah, yeah. But just in general, these bullpen cars now, I mean, if, if you want to go with like the most iconic looking ones, they're the ones mm-hmm. that are, you know, they're built on a golf cart frame. Right. And they look an awful lot like a, a baseball. They're a, a, I don't know, fiberglass baseball with the, mm-hmm. the front cut out. Uh, most of them have a ball cap of the team on the top, you know, a huge ball cap. And then that would be held up, you know, kind of like um, almost like an awning with a couple of baseballs. And then they have a couple of headlights maybe with baseball mitts as the, uh, you know, the uh, the apparatus that held the lights in place. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just kind of a silly vehicle that had, you know, the, lo- the team logo all over it. And oftentimes it would be sponsored by uh, by some local dealership or, you know, some local plumbing company or whatever. But it was a it was a great promotional tool for the team and for you know local business. Yeah, and just to be clear, Scott, you and I are totally just busting chops and joking at the beginning of the show where we called these people big shots and bragged about how you and I are capable of walking places. That's true. I mean, this if you think about it, in the heat of the moment, in the middle of a game, it does make sense to have the the car zip the guy out there. It's I guess faster. it does. I guess it does. And I've seen a little bit of an argument back and forth either way. Now, there, this is coming about because there's this whole uh, spate of articles that come out, and it's typically in October when these happen. Now, there's no coincidence there. I mean, this is the uh, the end of the baseball season, right. you know, getting down towards uh, the World Series time, and everybody's kind of, you know, nostalgic a bit for, you know, games, you know, decades past, and they start looking at, at old film footage of, of uh, some of the, the games that have been played, you know, again, 10, 20, 30, well, actually 20, 30, 40 years ago, and they see some of these vehicles that are used, and they wonder, hey, wait a minute, those are no longer around. You know, they haven't been for the last 20 years. What happened to them? Mm-hmm. And there's a, a group of articles and a group of fans and a group of, um, I guess, even some investors, as we'll talk about in a while, that are yep. interested in bringing back the bullpen cars. Now, we haven't done one critical thing here, Ben, and I think it's important just to uh, kind of lay the groundwork in that you know th- that most major league baseball teams have between uh, somewhere like 10, 11, 12 pitchers on hand at all times. And oh, I, very good point. And I didn't know that. Uh, part of the roster, they have as many as 12 pitchers on the roster, which is incredible. I mean, when you think about the number of players that are out there, mm-hmm. um, they're there are three distinct roles for pitchers that weren't always the, that wasn't always the case. That's kind of recent. It used to be just two. Now there's a third one that's added. Okay. All right. So the uh, the first one is the starting rotation, and that makes perfect sense, right? It's the sure. pitcher that begins the game, and that pitcher will pitch between ninety to one hundred and twenty pitches in the game, and that's a lot of pitches, right? So right. They're going to get yeah. worn out, right? It's typically between five and eight innings is what the uh, starting rotation pitcher will will throw. And then it's time for a relief pitcher because, you know, his arm's getting worn out. You know, mm-hmm. the, maybe they've uh, they kind of figured out his system. You know, they know the pitches he's going to throw, right. whatever the reason. The, uh, the pitcher has to come out. So they bring in what they call the middle relief pitcher. And the middle relief pitcher is kind of the new position, I guess, because okay. it was just the relief pitcher prior to this. So the middle relief pitcher is, um, I, gotta, I think they also call them the uh, the setup pitcher. And, they're, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But the middle relief pitcher will throw... Uh, sometimes only one inning. They'll only throw like just, uh, you know, like the eighth inning maybe. Huh. And that's it. And that's kind of an unusual position, but, um, that's the one that we're talking about who is usually typically brought out in, <laughs> in the, uh, in the bullpen car. And then the last position, which is kind of a new thing, um, they call it the late inning reliever. 
And uh, often sometimes they'll call it the closer. And now this is the weird part is that former, you know, prior to this, the the, the relief pitchers were often called the closer. So yeah. this this third position kind of messes around with the second and third position pitchers, I guess. And sometimes the the closer will will pitch the ninth inning only and that's it. Okay, so the 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 relief pitchers and the closing relief pitchers, they're in some they're sometimes in a bad position because they come into a game where they haven't had any control for the first seven eight innings. Right. And they've got to they got to pitch the last two. They're typically either the hero or the goat of the entire game. No pressure. No pressure. That's right. And that plays into some of the the antics that we'll hear about later <laughs> with what happened to some of the relief pitchers as they came in in these bullpen cars. Well, buddy, let's start at the hazy beginning because we did find some excellent information, a bit of a timeline mm-hmm. about bullpen cars. Now, uh, the details are sketchy, Scott, but most people believe this goes back to 1950s or so. Ah, uh, maybe. Or does it go back two decades prior to that even? Aha. Uh-huh. There's a possibility that it goes back to the 1930s now, and mm-hmm. it's, it's right here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, Kind of an offhand chance, I guess. I, I don't know if they can really call it a bullpen car or not. Um, it's something that happened, I guess. Maybe we can just say it that way. Yeah, uh, um, break it down for us. I guess the Atlanta Braves mascot uh, would sometimes bring the relief pitcher in in uh, what they called an old jalopy yep. back in the 1930s. Now, that's the first instance of someone actually bringing someone into the you know onto the field in a vehicle as a relief pitcher. So, yeah, that's um, uh, Chief Nokahama. Chief Nokahama, that's right. Now, that was the uh, the Braves mascot back in the 1930s. But it appears that the actual trend of you know, of the bullpen car itself, I mean, you know, the one that, that lasted, I guess, for, through several decades, did, as you said, Ben, begin in the 1950s. Uh, right. With the Indians, they introduced a car uh, that was a little red auto to ferry pitchers to the mound. Uh, so... We we know that that's uh, again despite these hazy beginnings we do have some concrete dates and times for you. Uh, Nineteen fifty one, uh, guy Marv Rockblatt working for the White Sox is the first pitcher to ride into a game in Kaminsky Park's new bullpen car. Uh, <clears throat> Not everyone was impressed, right? Not everyone was invited either. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Not everyone was impressed, and it's funny how they uh, how they said this because now, okay, now this is in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and the uh, the unimpressed uh, commentator, I guess, is someone from New York who says, and this is a funny quote. He says uh, Chicago is going bush, just like Cleveland, and so he's getting upset, right? I mean, no. bush leagues mean uh, meaning bush league meaning right. Subpar, amateur, inferior, in yeah, some way, right? Lousy. So, so this is a way for the New York, uh, New York writer to uh, kind of make a, a uh, disparaging remark about the uh, Chicago fans, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny that you know not everyone was invited because the the White Sox pitchers were ferried to the uh, to the mound, of course, in this, uh, in this what little red car, as what yeah, you said, right? Yeah. And uh, the other team had to walk out, of course. You know, they made the uh, the opposing team walk from the bullpen to the to the mound. Mm-hmm. However. They did later provide a black Cadillac, which I think is pretty nice. Yeah, uh, supplied by the local funeral home as uh, as kind of their visiting bullpen vehicle. Or maybe they were just calling Uber. I'm kidding. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, maybe. Right. You know what? And I we should point out that this is all coming from a guy named Paul Lucas um, mm-hmm. at ESPN. He put together this great timeline of um, you know kind of the uh, the running history of the bullpen car. Yeah, and the next point on his timeline is 1955 when the A's start using a bullpen car. 
But at the same year, Scott, what happens? Can, well, can I mention something first? Yeah. And I'll tell you what happens in just a second. But I think this is interesting because some of these teams that we talk about, you got to think about time and context of who is own, who owned them at the time. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the Phil, they were, they were not always the Oakland A's as most of us will remember, right? They started out in Philadelphia. They were the Philadelphia Athletics from 1901 to 1954. Then they became the Kansas City Athletics, which is what we're talking about right now between 1955 and 1967. So mm-hmm. when you see the A's written here, that's actually the Kansas City Athletics, not the Oakland A's, which they are now. That's a really good point. Right, so that's a tiny little bit of uh, baseball history that I happen to know. I don't know a whole lot, but I'll try to throw in some here and there as we go. So right around 1955, when they were still the Kansas City Athletics, that's when the A's began using a bullpen car. But at the same time, the White Sox, who we just learned about, decided to ditch their car because the customers, the fans in the stands, we're beginning to just fire all kinds of debris, you know, like, um, you know, cups and, and sure. uh, you know, whatever else they had, I guess, souvenir bats or whatever. they, Hats, they were, yeah, Twinkies, parasols, whatever. They were firing it at the car as the as the pitchers, pitchers were coming in from the bullpen. And I got to I got to tell you, Ben, I had to make a little note here on my uh, my my show notes. I was thinking this is 1955. I didn't really think that fans behaved in that manner in 1955 oh man are you kidding now i know there were fights and i know that you know it got a little raucous i guess you know and of course it's you know probably uh you know discount beer day at the uh at the the stadium or whatever it gets a little crazy right but i didn't think that in 1955 it was quite as wild as that that's that's how it works i guess hey though that didn't dissuade other teams because by 1965 we have so many teams ushering pitchers into the game on golf carts. Mm-hmm. Including the Atlanta Braves. That was right. one that we mentioned from the 1930s. So, you know, they've officially gone to the, uh, the golf, golf cart method and that was really popular, um, you know, throughout the 1960s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, get this, here's, a, here's kind of an incident that happened in the 1960s, the late 1960s that, uh, I don't know. This is, uh, this is one of the downsides, I guess, of, of using a bullpen car. All right, so I'm just going to read this. With the bullpen cart's regular driver having gone AWOL, L.A. Dodgers backup catcher Tom Holler uh, drives pitcher Jim Brewer to the mound, drops him off, and then runs into him as he leaves the mound. Oh. Now, that's bad news. I mean, of course, you can see where this could be a liability, I guess. Um, somebody who was not accustomed to uh, to driving the bullpen cart and didn't know kind of the routine, I guess, because, I mean, I'm sure the... The relief pitcher had a routine. You hop out of the car, you walk around a certain way. Right. But the catcher didn't have any idea what that routine was and just inadvertently <sighs> drove over the relief pitcher that he just dropped off at the mountain. So that's a, uh, a huge liability. Right. And uh, before we get into the 1970s, I want to tell you that there's kind of like um, sort of eras, I guess, as we go through yeah. this thing. Yeah. Now, we mentioned that, you know, early on there were just kind of spotty use of, of bullpen cars here and there. Mm-hmm. A lot of different vehicles, limos, um um, you know, fire trucks and you know yeah. whatever else. That Golf carts, right. exactly right. Cars. Well, in the 1970s, that's when the giant baseball design became popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this is just after the golf carts had been popular. And of course, the giant baseball design that we mentioned before, and that's really what I think of the typical bullpen car. Um, that design becomes popular throughout the 1970s, and then that stays around in the 1980s. But then there's kind of a a slow decline to the trend. You know, they decided to get rid of the bullpen, bullpen car, rather. Right. And by 1996, the whole thing is over. So with the, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers hanging on to the last version of it. But as we get into the 70s, um, the Yankees went a different way. Yeah. They said, you know what I like? Dotsons. <laughs> Which is so weird, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the New York Yankees, you would think, now you would think that they would have a great big American V8 powered car that would haul somebody out to the, uh, 
out, out to the mound. And I wonder, you know, there's got to be a reason. It must be the field, you know, they, they couldn't hold up. You know, there'd be giant ruts in the field or whatever. Oh, that's a really good point. However, I mean, why choose a Datsun? I mean, I think that there were smaller American cars at the time that they would have used. Out of all the cars. It just seems so strange. And I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the, uh, the guys in the Yankees really didn't like being in that Datsun as they were mm-hmm. drove out to the, uh, out to the mound. Yeah. And you know, I've got a, a photo of that vehicle somewhere around here in my notes that, uh, that I'll show you, but it's an unusual vehicle. I mean, it's a, it's a small Datsun that has pinstripes, you know, the Yankee pinstripes and logos on the door and everything. It's a small vehicle, fully enclosed. It's not like it's a, it's a, um, a convertible or anything like that. So the, the, the relief picture is not really on display or anything. Uh-huh. This is more like just a, a rolling ad and why they chose a Datsun, I'm not sure. And I think eventually that vehicle ended up on a, uh, on a, like in a classified page for sale. And, you know, it was like advertised as a piece of Major League Baseball collector history. I don't know what it ever sold for. Yeah. But uh, I've seen clips of it, you know, for sale somewhere, the actual bullpen car from the New York Yankees. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is how normal bullpen cars became in the 70s, you guys. Uh, there was a pitcher for the Dodgers, relief pitcher for the Dodgers, Mike Marshall, who was uh, the first relief pitcher to win the Cy Young Award, but he was kind of a weird dude, and a lot of people thought that one of the weirdest things he did was refuse to ride in the bullpen car. Now, he wasn't alone either. 
No, he wasn't. There were other pitchers who refused to get in them, and for reasons that we'll tell you in just a little bit. Now, um, okay, here we get into 1980. That's when the uh, the Yankee bullpen car showed up for sale in the uh, classified. Yeah, in the classified in the New York Times. So you know, clearly something was going wrong there by 1980. Um, Now, here's another good one. This is one that happens in um, in 1981, and this is the Chicago uh, Chicago White Sox, and they had decided that they were going to cut a deal with Chrysler. And Chrysler's uh, end to this bargain was they were going to provide the White Sox with a Chrysler LeBaron. You remember the LeBaron vehicle, mm-hmm. Ben? Yeah. Wasn't uh, I mean I guess it was, I guess it was a popular convertible at the time, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the um, Chicago players just hated that vehicle for whatever reason, and I and I'll tell you I think I can understand why as we we get to uh, the end of the story here. Uh-huh. But, but the uh, the Chi Sox fans. Um, and, you know, other historians will recall that no one ever really used it because they hated to be in that thing. And the alternative was they would jog out and the LeBaron would then have to, as part of the contract, would have to make a, um, I a guess, full, a parade lap. Yeah, yeah, a full lap. A full lap, yeah, that's right, around the uh, around the stadium. And as the, uh, this is terrible for the driver, as the car made its way around, remember it's convertible, mm-hmm. they would shower the thing with beer and cups and popcorn and whatever else they had, you know, like hats again, yeah. you know, all the debris that they could throw at this thing. So the players just they absolutely re- refused to get in this thing. Now, the interior is beer soaked. Right. It's a mess. It's probably all moldy and it's gross and everything. And it's and, only been a month. Exactly right. And it's not, um, you know, it's, it's not really doing what it's intended to do for Chrysler either. So I think within, uh, you know, a few months of this whole thing coming about, uh, Chrysler pull, pulled its sponsorship and decided that they weren't going to do that anymore. So things like this happened along the way, mm-hmm. but it's so funny that, that a lot of these pitchers decided that they're just not going to have it. And another example of this is the Seattle Mariners in 1982. Yes, in 1982, the Mariners introduce a weird little bullpen vehicle called the Tugboat. It's nautically themed because they're Mariners. Get it? This is the weirdest of all, Ben. So a pitcher called Bill Caudill steals the keys during the pregame parties and the tugboat then is stranded in the left field line and they can't start the game. And we're talking about opening day on 19, in 1982. This is a big deal. So he, this is kind of like a little prank, right? Because they, the pitchers obviously hate this thing. They don't right. want to ride yeah. out because this, I guess it would be a little bit demeaning to them in some way. You know, yeah. there's kind of like local celebrities. I mean, well, national heroes in some cases, right? I mean, mm-hmm. depends on, you know, the circles you're in, I suppose, but they had to ride in the back of this tugboat as it ferried them from the, uh, from the bullpen to the mound, the, the relief pitchers would. So they absolutely hated this thing. And again, you know, he hid the keys and, you know, he made a big spectacle out of this thing, kind of like, uh, sets it up for failure, I guess, for that whole season, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the only instance of, of someone, um, you know, I guess rebelling against the tugboat, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, another guy, Ed Vandberg, sprinted from the bullpen with the tugboat racing him. <laughs> that's right. And this is on national television, uh-huh. right? So, and I don't think it was just a local game. I'm pretty sure it was national, but yeah. you know, the, the whole, you know, thing about, you know, the, uh, I guess their refusal to get in these uh, in these vehicles, it just really it started to lead to their decline. And we're only into 1982. Uh, there's only a few more steps in this whole process where they they pretty much go away. Right. Yeah. So they got rid of that in the Mariners. Uh, great story from '86. Uh, Mets fans will remember the uh, victory on September 17th, but you'll probably also remember when a fan named Eric Bennett 
got into the game himself. He headed straight to the bullpen, stole the bullpen car, and drove it around the outfield before the engine conked out on him. Oh, okay, so this is a uh, like this is a big game. This is a division clinching game, and you know how fans they get excited. They run right. out on the field to yeah. celebrate whatever. This guy just makes a beeline right for the bullpen because he knows what he wants. He wants to drive that bullpen car around the outfield. Mm-hmm. And kind of funny, I guess, in a way, um, but you know, it, end, it didn't end up so well for him. I mean, it, it conked out on him. And kinda, it is a crime. Yeah, it is a crime. That's right. We shouldn't be on the field anyways, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you want to want to be completely moral about the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, anyways, the, the 86, that was kind of a funny thing. I've, I've searched and searched for video of that, Ben. I cannot find it. Yeah. I mean, I know it's out there somewhere. There's got to be a clip somewhere. So. Yeah, it's on a VHS somewhere. I, I think I would really like to see the fan taking a, taking a joyride. Me too. I mean, I would love that experience. Personally, it's one of those things where you wonder, you start to think, how much trouble would I get in? You know what? I This is a sidebar. Yeah. Right. I, I seem to remember that there was a NASCAR race where a fan jumped into the pace car and took the pace car for a ride around the track. Really? And it was, uh, I want to I wanna say... The 1980s NASCAR is what I want to say. Wow. For this. But I, I could be wrong on this. It could be the 1990s or something like that. But I do recall a fan jumping into a pace car and holding up the race for, for a significant amount of time while they uh, while they wrestled with this guy. And I think when they got him out, they weren't all that gentle with him. I mean, that's a different level, personally, yeah. I think, because that could be dangerous. And there is film of that somewhere. I'm going to look right. that up as soon as we leave here. Yeah, it could be very, very dangerous. So... Uh, kind of the uh, the last thing that we want to mention here, as far yeah. as the timeline goes, and there's more sure, news because sure. there's actually some uh, some good news on the horizon mm-hmm. for bullpen cards. But the uh, the final holdout were the Milwaukee Brewers in 1995, and they held on to what they called a bullpen motorcycle. And of course, of course, Ben, it was a Harley Davidson. Makes yeah, perfect sense for, for Milwaukee. Right? What were you expecting? Well, Kawasaki. I mean, it's got to be the hometown favorite, right? <laughs> right. And they had a sidecar on this uh, on this Harley Davidson that they would bring out the relief pitcher in. And, uh, you know, I think that delighted the fans. And I'm sure that, you know, pitchers, they probably had a, uh, a different feeling about the whole thing. But uh, who knows? Maybe that's a cool way to arrive to the mountain. Mm-hmm. Now, at that point, it's uh, it's the last official MLB bullpen vehicle at the end of the year. It's over. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's something that we've kind of missed along the way here, Ben. Before we get to the uh, to the good news on the horizon. Yeah, what's that? Whole thing. Let me just take a step back and mention that there's a team recently who's began using, who's recently begun using a bullpen car again. And this is like the classic style, the baseball style with a big hat on top. Uh huh. This is a team out of Texas. It's uh, Sugarland, Texas Skeeters. Right outside of Houston. Exactly right. They're, they're near the Gulf there. And, um, there's a, uh, I guess a fair amount of articles about the, uh, the Sugarland Skeeters and their use of this brand new bullpen car. And it is brand new. It's not like they've renovated one and brought it back. This is a brand new vehicle. And that's part of the good news that we're going to tell you. But a funny thing came up in one of these articles, again, from ESPN, um, a guy named Jim Capel, uh, wrote about, uh, um, well, one of the pitchers on the Skeeters, you know, the relief pitchers, he went right to the source and said, what's it like to ride this thing? So the relief pitcher, his name is, uh, I think his name is Will Startup. Uh huh. And he says there's actually some bullpen car etiquette that you have to deal with. And I thought this was really strange because I'd never thought about this. And there's a kind of an unusual situation you have to deal with when you're riding from the bullpen to the mound because, you know, you're an athlete. You've got your game face on. Yep. You're pretty focused on what you're going to do. You've been warming up for a while. You know, you've got this game that you've 
potentially got to save because, you know, something's going wrong on the, on the pitching mound. That's why you're coming in anyways. Mm-hmm. So he says there's this weird etiquette thing. And he says there's, and I'll just quote it here. You have these awkward situations where the drivers want to talk with you, but it's kind of <laughs> like a, it's kind of like a blind date because, you know, the bullpen crew who drives the cart and they're great guys, but they don't really know what to say either. It's like, you know, there's a, like this awkward conversation like, Hey, how you doing? Good. Okay. Good to see you again. You know, that kind of thing. Well, um, good luck. It's, there's really only like 45 seconds or so that, you know, you're, you're driving from the bullpen to the mound, right? So it's not that long, but he says, you know, what do you do when you get out of the car? Do you say thank you? Do you, uh, do you just maintain your focus and get out and do your job or what do you do? I mean, do you, do you tip the guy? I didn't, I, I added that one. Sure. You don't, you don't tip him, obviously, but, um, you know, I never thought about the whole etiquette thing, but there's no standard procedure that goes along with this whole thing. And I really didn't think about that. You know, he said, this Will Startup guy says, I think that maybe even I'd be in favor of, uh, you know, writing down some bullpen car rules, like some regulations, like what you're supposed to do when you're in there. Because he, he says, you know, a lot of guys protest the thing. They say they don't want to ride in it because right. of tradition or whatever. You know, like it's it's just not part of their, their routine. And, you know, baseball players and all athletes have a lot of superstitions, right? Yeah, for and sure. Some will not get near the thing because it's something new and something that they don't want to do. They haven't used it in the last 19 years, so when would these guys ever have been in a bullpen car? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's something brand new, but this guy says that he has some mixed emotions about the whole thing. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. 
Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For one, he says, you know, it's not the, what he calls an adrenaline-fueled run to the uh, to the pitcher's mound, which I can totally understand because, you know, they all have their own little, like, theme music, I guess, that they right, play. Yeah. You know, as they run out, I don't know, Eye of the Tiger or whatever they're playing, you know, something like that. That's an old hit, Ben, Eye of the Tiger. That's from my Rocky days. Oh, who are you talking to, man? Do you mean Eye of the Tiger by Survivor? Of course I'm talking about by Survivor. <laughs> is there any other version? I think there are, but that the original is my favorite. Uh, That's the one. Side note, do, yeah. you, do you remember the music video for that? I do remember that, yes. All right. Very I, corny. I hope the keyboardist for Survivor, if you are listening, uh, I hope you're not mad when I say this, but... You know, they're all walking down the street and different members of the band are coming out around the corner looking serious. Mm-hmm. The least serious looking one is the keyboardist. And then there's this scene where they're trying to, you know, play music, but also look tough and street smart. Mm-hmm. That's really tough to do while you're playing a keyboard. It certainly is. <laughs> I've never tried it. Right. But, uh, but I can imagine that it is. And apparently it is. I mean, here's a pro doing it. And, uh, well, you'll have to see the results for yourself. Look yeah, that's just that's just uh, something interesting, non-car related. <laughs> but it's but it is it is a great song, and every pitcher had some sort of theme music going on there. But and, and the same yeah. thing with this. I mean, they yeah. run out, and there's all this adrenaline, and you know, it's just uh, it's the moment where they're they're sent out to potentially save the day, to save the game, right? To be yep. the uh, to be the hometown hero, and not the goat. And and here's the thing: they get in this little car, and it kind of puts out to the uh, you know put puts out to the mound. And you don't get that rush when you, you know, just kind of putt-putt out to the mound and you don't get that chance to get, you know, all the adrenaline going. And, um, you know, it's a different situation, though. But he does say, here's where the mixed emotions come in. You're riding in an AC-filled cart <laughs> with, uh, with with decent music playing at the same time. So, you know, again, it's only 45 seconds or whatever, but it's kind of a relaxing 45 seconds. I think the rule should be no talking for the drivers uh, speak when spoken to. Yeah, maybe that's a good you way You know to what I mean? It. Because they're going out there to hopefully save the game. True. Right? That's the whole point of the relief pitcher coming in, right? That's right. Is they either keep the momentum going or turn things around for the better. So don't talk to the guy. Allow the focus to continue. Yeah. What are, Do you really want that losing game to be on your shoulders because you had to tell somebody about the last episode of Game of Thrones or something? <laughs> yeah, I hope that's not the conversation it's they're having. 45 seconds. I talk all the time. I talk too much, and I can be quiet for 45 now, seconds. I really hope they're not like talking about things that happened on television the night before or something like that. I mean, that'd be odd small talk between uh, you know the bullpen guys uh, and the relief pitchers. Yeah. I mean, it's really odd. All right. So I, mean, I can think of many other odd things, I guess, to talk about. But Well, let's move on to the new bullpen car. Speaking of odd things. Yeah, this is this is uh, good news, I guess, for, for fans of the bullpen car. Mm-hmm. There's a company called Sports Carts, and that's uh, sports spelled the normal way, and then carts with a Z. And that's mm-hmm. important because you get different results if you search for this. So yeah. um, this is a uh, company that's decided to bring back bullpen cars to, the ma- to Major League Baseball, to Minor League Baseball, to um, college football, to college baseball, yep. all kinds of places. They want their carts uh, front and center, and there's a lot of good reasons for that. Now, this is a Tampa-based company, and uh, the founders, I guess the guy's name is um, uh, Jeff Hubel and Mark Sophia. Mm-hmm. And they're interested in bringing back you know, the, the classic bullpen car to all of these different venues. Yeah, uh, 
Mark Sophia was a retired police sergeant from Rochester who was running a youth hockey program for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, he was a big fan of the Rochester Red Wings as a kid, and he loved their gimmicks for wooing fans. So they have women in hot pants and go-go boots who swept the bases. They would play William Tell. Uh, you know, there are all these little promotions like free hot dog days, stuff like that. And uh, he had the idea after he stopped working for Tampa Bay Lightning. He said, you know, why don't we bring back bullpen cars? Because yeah. audiences like them. And yeah, they do. And the thing is, fans react to them, whether it's positive or negative. And I know that we mentioned a lot of the negative stuff. You a know, lot that of they the would, beer throwing. Well, the beer throwing and, you know, just the jeering, I guess. Right. But they yeah. were also something that um, the kids love them. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the adults love them. I mean, it's a really kind of an interesting thing to see happen. Like, let's say the San Diego chicken drives out in, in a bullpen car mm. to deliver the re- relief pitcher in the middle of the game. That's kind of fun to watch. I mean, it, I don't care how old you are. It's fun to watch something like that, right? Yeah. And sometimes you would get teams that both had bullpen cars that would, uh, would make appearances during the game. You know, so it wasn't just like, you know, the, the, the home team had it alone and then they would, mm. you know, Use some kind of gimmick vehicle or, or joke car for the right. for the opposing team. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they would travel with their bullpen car. Um, it's just there was a, a fascinating history with them, and it lasted for decades and decades. And people got accustomed to seeing them, and then they just slowly declined in the 1980s, and then they were gone. And uh, I bet there's a lot of you know car stuff fans that have never seen in person a bullpen car who's delivered a relief pitcher. Huh, you're um, right. I, I think so because, I mean, again, it's been 19 years since even that motorcycle was used in Milwaukee. Prior to that, I mean, it's, we're probably talking 25, 30 years before, um, you know, most major league teams started to get rid of their cars. So um, I would bet that there are a lot of our fans that have never seen one either on television or in person. You may see one again, and I know, Scott, we have to admit there are probably some people listening who say, yeah, good riddance, the bad rubbish for that stuff. But, uh, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's funny. I, I think really it's something for the kids. Like, yeah. can you imagine you're nine or 10 and you see that car and maybe you get a chance to ride in it wow. or something? That's yeah, really cool. This is, this is part of the whole reason why, um, you know, Jeff and Mark have decided that it's time to bring these things back. And I, I, I gotta say, I really agree with them. I think it's the time. I mean, now they mentioned a few different reasons on their website, you know, why, why bring them back? And they say that, you know, of course, retro is in. Yep. Uh, they say that, you know, the, the retro uniforms and these, uh, what they call turn back the clock games that are played on a regular basis now. This would be a perfect opportunity to bring the, uh, the bullpen cars back starting there and then continuing throughout the rest of the season. I, I totally get that. But the bigger thing that you just mentioned, Ben, mm-hmm. is that, People love these things. I mean, you know, you show up to a pregame event, you know, when the kids run the bases, right. you know, that kind of thing. And uh, you offer free rides in the car, in the vehicle. Or you can take your photo with the mascot in the bullpen car as part of the, the day event, you know, when you're down on the field prior to the game. You know, that's exciting for kids. That's yeah. ex- heck, that's exciting for adults. I'd probably, I'd, you know, I'd probably take a photo with a mascot in a bullpen car if there was one here at the Braves Stadium. Yeah, photo opportunity. I would There's do nothing that. wrong with that. I, I would definitely do that. And, uh, you know, the thing is that it's not just that. They can be taken to local parades if you're a smaller team, you know, even a big team. Let's say the Atlanta Braves had, uh, you know, one of these bull- bullpen cars, a new one. They could take it to local parades and, and run it for oh, yeah. further promotion. And we would uh, love that. All kinds of festivals and, you know, who knows? I mean, concerts or whatever. You know, when mm-hmm. it's not being used on the field, it can be hauled around for other things. And sponsorship, that's another giant thing here, is that it won't really cost the, uh, the the teams a lot to operate these things because 
they can get local sponsors to put their logo all over this thing. That's true. And uh, and that's a huge benefit to them. So, you know, they'll, they'll maintain the thing for you. It's just another promotional item. Yeah, so I I could definitely see this being worth it from a marketing perspective. The thing is, though, it seems like the majority of pitchers were not into bullpen cars. Yeah. And for me, from my perspective with that, that means it's okay to have it as a as a marketing vehicle or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you want these guys to play at their A game, you shouldn't make them do stuff they don't want to do unless it's directly part of the game. I guess so. You know what I mean? I guess I I, I can understand both sides of this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, and the whole thing with the routines and all that. But, right. you know, when it does kind of get to be funny at some point when, you know, you've got a relief pitcher stealing the keys from the uh, from the tugboat. and That's then, cool, yeah. And then running, you know, sprinting ahead of the tugboat as it chases <laughs> him. You know, it becomes, uh, becomes I guess, part of baseball lore, right? I mean, yeah. people talk about that still. Obviously, we're, we're, you know, decades past that, but people remember that type of thing. So, you know, was it effective in that case? Sure it was. It was effective that, you know, they remember that vehicle that day, that, Maybe even who sponsored the vehicle, you know, during that during that time period. So maybe what we do then is we get we we get some mileage out of that rivalry, right? Mm-hmm. And the the dislike, and then we also wait. I'm talking as though I work for a team. I know we're planning this out already. We're planning this out. Somebody somebody write to the Braves. Uh, no, I am not in charge of the baseball team's marketing, but I feel like there are ways it could work. I'm interested in hearing what you think, listeners. Uh, do you remember bullpen cars, or are Scott and I the only ones? Is it time for them to come back? That's the big question. You know, go to uh, go to sportscars.com, I guess. And, that's with uh, a K and a Z. It, yeah, that's right. And uh, and see what you think about the new design. And it looks an awful lot like the old design, just with a modern twist, I guess. And is it time for them to come back? Is it is it time for bullpen cars to make a resurgence in Major League Baseball and other teams as well, you know, college teams, yeah, uh, all different types, even football, you know, whatever. Should we get one in the studio? Should we Should we have a How Stuff Works bullpen car? Now, what would we use that for? I mean, all kinds of stuff. Relief writers, relief video editors? Uh-huh, yep. Uh, we have had some deadlines where we need, we could use some relief. Call in the relief and they arrive in a, in a bullpen car. Uh-huh. Or, you know, we could ride it to the elevator it could be shaped like a giant question mark, like our logo. Yeah, that's uh, you know I'm getting on board with this. With fiberglass, anything is possible. Right? We yeah, we got to call Mark. Uh, oh. <laughs> that's right. We're going to need uh, some more money in the budget. And while we step off to do that, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we would love to hear what you think about it. Um, should they come back? Should they not? Uh, give us your take and any personal stories. Hey, if you're that guy who stole the bullpen car briefly. Uh, we'd love to hear from you too. How about this? Someone who worked in the bullpen and had the opportunity to actually drive the bullpen car in a game because you never know. There might be somebody out yeah. there listening right now who had that job, that sweet, sweet job back in the 1970s, 1980s, whenever it happened to be. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. <laughs> and tell us what you did during that 45 seconds, if you would. Oh, yeah. And how many, uh, how many, you know, souvenir beer mugs you got dumped on you? So this is our 601st episode. Uh, I'm going to try to keep counting my head from now on. And would you like to help us out with our 602nd, 607th, uh, 700, whatever, up to a million? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, let us know. The way to do that is to write to us and give us an idea for an upcoming topic. All our best ideas come from you guys. 
So uh, go ahead and open up your computer. I mean, not if you're driving while you're listening. And send us an email. We are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done.